destiny is God's purpose for your life. That's what Satan is afraid of. That's what he hates. That's why he wants you to live an ordinary life. Mm. Do you know how many people that have taken money from me and promised to pay me back and never did? Why would I leave them alone? Because what's ahead of me is greater. Amen. Look at where I have gotten. Look at where I'm going. Now God is telling me you will have more money than you know what to do with. So what am I holding on to? It's only when you can't see where you're going. It's only where you can't see where you're going. He says, when you stand praying, forgive. You see, let me show you another mystery. The reason Jesus said, when you stand praying, not when you are kneeling praying. He was telling you about mountain-moving faith. You don't exercise mountain-moving faith on your knees. You finish praying, that's when you get up and start making your decrees. What he's telling you, if you're going to make decrees to move mountains, you can't let unforgiveness get in. It will mess up the power, the force of your faith. He said, now, you want the Father to release you. Who has a perfect record on you? Now watch. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespass. That's why I said that unforgiveness is the unpardonable sin that we don't pay attention to. We know blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, but we don't know unforgiveness. All right. I want to go deeper. Now, look at Luke 17. I will show you why unforgiveness is so difficult to attain. The first reason is because the offending party don't have the humility even to ask you for true forgiveness. Many times they're saying, well, okay, well then forgive me. Even though forgive me has an edge to it. Okay, well, I've already apologized. Why do you keep talking about it? That's not repentance. If you are repentant, then you should let me have all my say. You can't be instructing me. Okay, look at this. Luke 17. So you see what I'm telling you is written. Verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, what should you do? He said, rebuke him. Who do you know in America that offends you and if you rebuke him, they will receive it? Instead, they will even escalate further. Okay, I know I was wrong, but but you don't have to say it like that. He told me to rebuke you. But you don't know it's written. All right. 
And he, he knowing in advance. The pride is the biggest issue we have. Yeah. He says, and if he repent, forgive him. Amen. That means if I rebuke you and you rear up against me, he says, he's, okay, I want you to understand what I'm trying to explain. I will say it as it reads, and then I will explain. He says, if, you, if I rebuke you and you repent, I shall forgive you. But if I rebuke you and you don't repent, watch, I will repent to God. But the effect of your stuff stays on you. Amen. I won't release you from it. Do you understand the difference? Yes. I will say, okay, Lord, I forgive them. But until you repent, that thing will sit on you. Amen. That's right. Amen. Because the key for every, anybody's deliverance is repentance. Amen. But I will not allow you to incarcerate me. I will forgive you and move on. Watch. I want you to understand these things because the reason he says rebuke them. Because many times people don't understand what they're doing. They don't know how, you know, you do stuff. You don't know how much it costs. That's what I call the high cost of loving you. You always know how people should relate to you. I had these so-called friends, and they would do stuff to wound me. Constantly. Constantly. You said, now, if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase <laughs> Lord, help, Lord. <laughs> because some people are professionals. They know what he says. So they okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I say, you're just saying that you escaped the consequences. You're not sorry. How do I know you're not sorry? You're going to do it again. I can predict. With certainty. Uh-huh. She said, true that. Okay, amen. Tight but right. That's the female version, you know. <laughs> so the type of right is the male version. True Amen. that is the female version. Amen. I'm taking it all. Okay, now watch. <laughs> watch. You say, if you repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day. Hallelujah. And seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent. You notice, he keeps qualifying forgiving you. After you repent. It's okay. They offended seven times. But they are supposed to turn seven times. You can't say, well, well, I already repented of that. You just did it again. I'm showing you Bible. Okay, now watch. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, mm, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root 
and be thou planted in the sea and he said should okay watch now the disciples said Lord increase our faith but he said you already have the faith that's what he's telling you you already have the faith you already <laughs> so he said even if you have one as small as a mustard seed you can move the mountain so what is he telling you? It's not an issue of faith. It's, a, it's an issue of will, or what like she said, or your willingness to forgive. Amen. To let your pain go. Amen. All right. My God, I'm preaching a funeral. <laughs> the funeral of the old man. Amen. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee. Now, this is the biggest one. He says, if something happens between you and someone, he says, you go to them. The church doesn't practice this. So what do we practice? You get offended, you go and tell somebody else. But he says, go and tell the person between you and them alone. Amen. So nobody should even be present. Amen. Okay, now, you want to enter into the kingdom and all the breakthroughs of 2024? This is it now. Watch. The reason, he says, go and talk to them alone is because when you tell somebody else they don't have grace to hear what you just told them but you you have grace to carry what happened that's number one number two is he wants the relationship restored However, what we see in the kingdom is people keep doing stuff, they don't repent, and they expect the relationship to stay the same. Amen. They expect you to practice what God says, but they don't have any concept of them practicing. Amen. They only have a concept of them receiving. Amen. They know how you should act, but they don't know how they should act. And the biggest offenders are the biggest gossipers and talkers. Amen. Watch anybody running their mouth about offenses. They are the people that are, are, are egregious the most. Amen. Why? Because the moment you see your own error, you stop running your mouth. It's because you haven't seen your own error. That's why you are busy making noise. He said that when the man was convicted, the publican, he said he had his face down. He said, Father, have mercy on me. Amen. You don't pray, Father, have mercy on me, and then you get back up and you're a tiger. Amen. You're fighting every word. You're answering everything. And you're, and you're, well, you're calling on Jesus. And you're the biggest devil. Amen. 
Jesus, Jesus, oh, Father, be quiet. Listen to this. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. You notice? He wants the relationship to stay. But it's on the condition that they will hear you. You've gained your brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. So the condition that somebody else will hear it is that you've talked to them and they will not hear you. Now God says, bring other people into it. But it's not everybody. (laughs) I told you this story. Three preachers went fishing. They were talking. And one said, you know, I've been having problems with the money of the church, you know. Uh, You know, pray with me. The other one said, oh, I don't have any problems with that, but I have problems with the women. You know. So they said to the the third one, we are confessing our sins. Why don't you confess yours? He said, no, no, no. So you mean you don't have anything wrong with you? You're perfect? He said, no, my own problem is gossip. Because (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to tell all the... (laughs) I'm about to tell all you all's business (laughs) once I leave here. (laughs) Watch now. He said, now, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses... Every word will be established. So other people in confidence will know who the problem is. I'm showing you a Bible because that's what the church is not reading. We are acting out our emotions. Watch. 17. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. So that's when you bring it to the leadership of the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto you as a heathen man. Or a Republican. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. That's a joke. So let it be to you as a heathen man and a publican. He said, now, if the person is not under the authority of the church, he said, then they become a sinner to you. Amen. The heathen man. Amen. You see now, so when you see People rebelling against me and will not repent. They don't understand that the Bible commands me to treat them as a heathen. To excommunicate you and have nothing to do with you. But no, in America, the demons are there say, well, you see, he's not walking in love. It is you not walking in love because you don't know the scriptures. He told me to rebuke you. If you repent, then forgive you. But if I talk to you and you don't repent, he says, I should bring two others with me. And you don't repent, then we'll tell the church. Amen. But then if you're, I'm already in the church. So you started from the top. At least he says, start from the bottom and work your way up. But if you start from the top, there's nowhere else to go. Amen. Amen. It is. <laughs> Watch now. I have to read these things because this generation don't read their Bible. And they operate in their emotions. 
and claim that it is Christianity. Listen to this. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. A publican. The most hated and rejected group of people in the Bible days. Watch. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall lose on earth, put your Bible down. Let me open your eyes. Watch. Haven't you heard all of us using the scripture on demons? And we are quoting, whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And yet it has nothing to do with the devil. He's telling you when you haven't forgiven, the person is bound. When you forgive, you lose them. He said, whatever you hold bound, heaven will hold bound. Whatever you lose, heaven will lose. And we're saying, Satan, I bind you. And he said, wait a minute, that that scripture doesn't relate to me. That is your stuff. <laughs> so, the question you need to ask yourself in the few minutes I have is, how many captives do you have? How many are on your train in chains following you around? Binding and loosing is not what the church thought it was. It's all about forgiving and not forgiving. And we were thinking that it was, I bind you or I lose you. No, these are not words. So if you release them, heaven does. If you don't release them, watch. One day God said to me, when any member of the church or any son or daughter offends you, he said, forgive them quickly. I said, why? He said, because so long as you're upset, you have uncovered their head. And now Satan is free to attack them. We may point to what is happening to them, and we say it's because of their rebellion. But they don't know it's because the cover was removed by my getting offended. But in America, pride is so high, you don't even know the privilege it is or the blessing it is that God put a covering over you. But watch, this is what pride does. He said, oh, it's Jesus covering me. You're right. Is Jesus covering you? Have you read, he says he's the shepherd and bishop of your soul. But he gives some. Some. He said, why did he give some? To perfect you. To correct you. To cover you. If Jesus was going to do it directly, why would he put some? Even in the Old Testament, he said, now, watch. He said, in the day of, of judgment, he says, a man will be a shelter from the storm. Amen. God puts a man over you. 
Hallelujah. And he puts a covering over that man. But the umbrella is big enough. Anybody that comes under him is covered. But if you uncover your head by your fence, now you're on your own. Demons can have you for lunch. Watch how covering works. God said, I'll shut the church down during COVID. And obeyed him. Probably the only place in Atlanta, Georgia. And you had enough faith in my relationship with God. And you came to church anyway. Listen, some of you came shaking in your boots. You came limping. You came scared. But you came anyway. And COVID has come and gone. And just like Peter in the jail. And Paul in the jail. We are all still here. I'm about to run again. I'm celebrating. <laughs> hey. I'm celebrating the mighty works of God. That's what a covering provides. And they were bad-mouthing us. You going to church? What kind of thing is that? I said, oh, really? You going to Kroger? What kind of thing is that? You going to feed your stomach? I'm coming to feed my spirit. My spirit is more important to me than my stomach. Beloved, did you learn what the Holy Spirit was teaching today? Did you learn that the pastor God has given to you, the spiritual leader God has given to you, is a covering over you? And if you stay submitted to that covering, glory covers you. Miracle fills your life. You are protected from all these satanic insinuations and trickeries. Hey, isn't that amazing to you? God told me not to shut this church down during COVID when people were dying right and left. I obeyed him. My sons and daughters believed in my word and came to church anyway. And God swore to me, no one die in this church and we celebrate that we are all still here and many of those bad mountain us are not on the earth anymore so how are you going to go to Kroger to buy food and rump me down for going to church you devil you are a liar it's because you don't know the Lord and you're running your mouth about things beyond you Repent, because bigger stuff are on the way. <laughs> I've been saying it. 
I know we have all these variants of COVID this, COVID that, but these are junior boys compared with Delta, the original one that was killing right and left. That's when I had COVID. I mean, by the time we got from the house to the hospital, I couldn't even get out of the car. They had to carry me and put me in the wheelchair and roll me in. They ran the x-ray and took me straight to their COVID ward. Thank God that was a bed. And nobody knew how to cure COVID. They were just running antibiotics and people were so concerned. I didn't even recognize how sick I was. The doctor knew how sick I was. And he left me at the hospital at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, I don't know, and came to the church and got on the altar to pray. And God told him he had already healed me. <laughs> you see? He said, I've already healed my son. There's nothing to worry about. But while God was telling him that on the altar at church, God was talking to me in the hospital, laying up there and they're pumping all this medicine. I didn't know it was the medicine causing all the hallucinations. And I was seeing people 12 and 14 feet tall. I said, is the devil trying to impress me <laughs> or what? I didn't know it was uh, the side effects of the medication. Anyway, God told me why I was there. I, I got it straight with him, and he healed me. I never missed church. Can you believe that? Delta. I went in Tuesday. I was home Friday, and I was back in church Sunday. Woo! That's why I took off running in church. I have so many reasons to celebrate the faithfulness of God. Amen. Whew. Connect with resurrection. Your life will turn around. There will be miracles. You will go to your next level. Uh, and the next level after that. And the next level after that. Hallelujah. Three levels at least. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. But you got to believe in the prophets to prosper. You got to believe in the man that God has given to you. Yes, we have enough people in agreement in this church. That's why God continues to move. He said to me, do you know why I have honored your covenant and every prayer you have prayed? He says, because you have this leadership meeting where you bring the leaders to me every Saturday at the altar at 6 a.m. When I mention it in places, people ask me, do they come? That doesn't even occur to me. Because we don't have such rebellion and such issues. Ooh, you have to know the covenants of God in your life. And then submit. Don't go to a church and you will not be submitted. Submit to the leadership God has given to you. The man may not even understand the things I'm teaching you. But submit anyway. You get blessed. You get blessed. And then you partner with me to connect with a glory and a grace. Greater than what is in the house where you go. If pride will let you accept it, you will see God demonstrate himself mightily. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Wow, I got to go, but I have much more to say, but I'll do it tomorrow. God bless you. Receive grace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.